Welcome to All Places Together, a place where stories are shared. Stories about life before us, stories about what happens between us, and stories that have yet to bloom. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. Here is a story for you, a story called Nine and Nineteen. On June 17, 2015, a young white Lutheran man went into a Bible study at Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina. He went not with the intention of learning about God. He went with the intention of taking life, the opposite of what God is about. By night's end, he had murdered nine innocent black people. DePayne Middleton doctor, Cynthia Graham Hurd, Susie J. Jackson, Ethel Lee Lance, Clementa C. Pickney, Tywanza Sanders, Daniel Lee Simmons Sr., and Sharonda Coleman Singleton. This past week marks the sixth anniversary of this violent attack. More than any mass shooting before or after, the murder of the Emanuel Nine changed me in profound ways. When it occurred, I had been ordained just six months. I was serving as an associate pastor for youth and Christian nurture at a medium-sized liberal Lutheran congregation in Indiana. It was vacation Bible school week, which I was leading with our pastoral intern. Sunday was to be our VBS celebration. The kids, adult leaders, and our intern and I had been working hard on the service all week. The shooting happened on that Wednesday night, and we wrestled with what to do about worship on the following Sunday. At the time, even knowing that it was likely a sign of my white privilege, I voiced my opinion that we should go forward with the vacation Bible school plans and just add a moment of silence, a prayer, and the statement from the bishop about the attack at the beginning of worship. And this is what we did. And I confess that this is one of many times that I led with my white privilege. I was slated to preach the next week, a week and a half after the shooting. I wrestled all week with what to say and how to say it. The shooter's identity as Lutheran shook me to my core. I realized in a new and profound way that I was the pastor to young white men. That I would likely always be the pastor to some young white men. What I said and didn't say about race mattered. What I taught and didn't teach about God's inclusive love mattered. The work I did to dismantle my own internalized racism or the work I didn't do mattered. I had a level of responsibility and complicity that I had not before acknowledged. 
I saw that my lack of anti-racist preaching, anti-racist teaching, and dismantling of racism in myself and my community could and would have life and death consequences for my black and brown siblings in Christ. Through wrestling with my sermon that week, I came to be able to articulate something for myself for the very first time. I was yoked to the perpetrator through my skin color, our particular faith tradition, and Jesus. I was yoked to the victims through our shared humanity, our broader faith tradition, and Jesus. I was irrevocably yoked to both through Jesus, and that meant something. I have continued to make sense of this understanding, and I now articulate it in this way. The color of my skin, white, which is lovely in its pinkness, binds me to white supremacy in a way that I can never change. White supremacy and racism are sins that plague our society. I have committed and will commit these sins. Through Jesus, I am forgiven of these sins and am called to the daily work of truth and reconciliation. Learning the truth, confessing my part in that truth, sharing the truth, and building reconciliation. It is holy and hard, hopeful and heartbreaking. The author of Ephesians, one of the letters found in the New Testament of the Bible, writes about this sort of work in chapters 3, verses 14 to 22. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. In his flesh, he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall that is the hostility between us. He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him both of us have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also built spiritually into a dwelling place for God. These words remind me that I have been far off from the body of Christ 
that white supremacy and racism strive to keep me separate from the body of Christ by lying to me, by saying to me that those who have other colors of skin are not worthy, are not like me, and are not of God. All of these are very dangerous lies and are not of Jesus. Jesus is radical love, proclaiming that all are welcome at God's table. Jesus about going to the places that are called the margins by those in power. But going there and saying that they are valid places of life and love and saying to those people in power that the people here matter. Through Jesus, I am shown the way to reconciliation. Jesus teaches me how to listen to complicated stories and whole truths. Jesus teaches me how to interpret ancient laws with mercy and love. Jesus teaches me how to feed the hungry, free the captive, and believe the woman. Jesus teaches me how to break down the walls that divide us. Jesus teaches me that we are not to be strangers or aliens to one another, but rather friends, siblings, and saints. Does Jesus teach you these things too? If so, let's be friends. The way this work looked in my life this past week was commemorating the martyrdom of the Emmanuel Nine with the wider church and intentionally marking Juneteenth for the first time in my professional and personal life. Juneteenth is the day in 1865 when the word of the Emancipation Proclamation finally reached Texas and the last of the enslaved people were free. It took two years, two years, for the words to make it from Lincoln's pen to their ears there in Texas. Juneteenth is thought of by some as the true Independence Day of the United States the day when all people were finally free from enslavement. Because in 1776, when the Declaration of Independence was signed, black people all over the new country were enslaved and were very far from being free. I don't remember actively knowing what Juneteenth was until three years ago. I'm guessing I learned about it in my 8th grade American history class taught by Mr. Jones, the first black teacher I ever had, but I don't remember. And then last year was the first year that I understood that I could celebrate this holiday, this occasion. And this year is the first year that I have made active plans to mark this week with reading, with prayer, and with financial contribution to the lifting up of BIPOC leaders in my community. These are small actions, but small actions that I trust Jesus uses together with other small and large actions to liberate and build a kingdom of grace on earth. The martyrdom of the Emmanuel Nine changed me forever. This year, it meant what I did on June 19th was different than ever before. And it means that I live 365 days a year in God's grace and living into that grace in new and radical ways all the time. 
I wonder what events expanded your understanding of God's radical love. If you are white, what work are you doing in your life to dismantle racism? How can we at all places together join in Jesus' liberating work? Prayer for the Nine and the Nineteen Liberating God, you meet each person where they are. Though we may be far off from one another, no one is far off from you. Open our eyes to see your image in all people, so that the massacre, enslavement, and oppression of bodies, especially black and brown bodies, ends. Open our ears to hear your truth spoken in the words of our neighbors. Open our hands to build reconciliation. Draw us together so that we may be a dwelling place for you and for all people. Amen. for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories, we hope you heard God too. Next week, we will return to our interviews about beloved places and how God is with us in these places. This past week, we received an email from Rick sharing with us one of the most important places to him that I would like to share. He writes, Like you, Colleen, I grew up near the water. The water may be still, flowing. It may come as waves in the surf or as rain. Any of its manifestations quiets my soul and brings me peace. To be in the water, just my feet or my whole body. The crashing of the surf or the trickle of a mountain stream. The sounds that emanate from pond life the drizzle of a cold autumn rain on the roof, the clatter of rain on a metal roof or a tent, the stillness of snowfall. Water restores me and I need it to be in it and of it. Water refreshes me. It is part of me and has given me more than I deserve. Thank you for sharing your story with us, Rick. I hope that you are able to be in and near and of water this week. You can share your story of a beloved place and how God was with you there by DMing us on Instagram or Facebook or by emailing us at allplacestogether at gmail.com. That's A-L-L-P-L-A-C-E-S. 
T-O-G-E-T-H-E-R at gmail.com. If there are other stories you would like to share or questions you have, you can contact us there too. You can subscribe to All Places Together wherever you get your podcasts. To continue to see All Places Together grow, you can give through our website. Scroll to the bottom where it says Give to All Places Together and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. Thanks to our mission partners of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the Virginia Synod, and people like you who have shared contributions. We know it can be hard to give financially. We celebrate all the ways that you share the stories of all places together with the people in your life. Who is someone in your life that you can learn about racial justice with? Could you share this podcast with them and then reflect together? And know that I get so excited for every single comment on social media too. I hope to hear from you this week. And until next time, remember that God is with you wherever, whoever, and however you are.